Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma-trained practitioner, and welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to Season 4. And this season is brought to you by the letter S. <laughs> Remember those Sesame Street episodes where every episode is brought to you by a letter or number? Well, we are talking about the letter S because... Each one of the 10 episodes will have topics beginning with S. And for this episode one, we are talking about dun 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 shame. Oh, yes. Now, did you know that there's such a thing as healthy shame as well as unhealthy shame? So, healthy shame is a natural process of development that occurs when the parent helps the child negotiate between right and wrong to negotiate their social behaviours and the effects they have on the self and others. Now, this is very closely linked to boundaries. So, for example, when a baby that's breastfeeding bites the nipple during feeding, the mother pulls away. So the connection is withdrawn. Now, it is then the parent's role to repair the rupture causing shame, which shows the child they are still loved reinforcing that ruptures and shame are a normal process of development. Now, rupture is basically when the connection between two people is broken. So we associate parents always giving positive reinforcement. Hey, that's great, wonderful, continue, right? But instead of complimenting them, we are now saying that the parent's role is to condone and point out that the behavior is wrong. That you're saying, hey, this is not what we do here. But they still tell the child, you know what? You didn't know. So now I'm informing you. I'm telling you. So you are still loved, but I'm telling you that don't repeat that action again. So it's the behavior that's condoned and not the child. And this is what parenting is all about, right? You are parenting and trying to bring up a child that's well-behaved, that knows what to do in society. Now, unhealthy Shame is when shame turns to guilt and is internalized when the parent doesn't repair or project shame onto the child instead. So for example, saying things like, hey, what is wrong with you? So basically, the parent is pointing out that it is the child that is wrong rather than the behavior that the child exhibited. So other examples for healthy shame are like, if a parent says to a kid, hey, let's not crawl over the puppy, you may hurt her. Now, by phrasing things in this way, the parent is keeping the child's self-esteem intact. Worse, unhealthy shame would be, you are being a bad, bad, naughty girl and hurting the puppy. Stop being a brat. And this leaves the child feeling like they are innately bad. Now, shame has two parts. There is a part where the trauma or the harm occurs, and this can be physical, emotional, or spiritual. And then there's the confusion. Now, this confusion arises because those people around the one who is experiencing the trauma, they do a variety of things. They can either minimize the event, pretend it didn't happen. They do not protect the people or the person experiencing the trauma. They leave that person alone, so it's isolated. 
or they manipulate the person into thinking they deserved it or that it's normal. So this combination of when trauma occurring to a person and then this person is being left alone or being convinced that you they were imagining things and it didn't happen or other people were saying, huh, that's normal. That's nothing at all. Why are you making such a big deal? That combination creates confusion and shame in the victim. Now, the victim then forms a belief deep inside them. And the belief usually goes along something like this. That something must be wrong with me to have made this happen. So they start blaming themselves. They believe that they are the root cause of all the bad things that happen to them. So shame actually creates a lack of boundaries. It steals your power away. Because the person who's shamed internalizes the experience. Instead of creating a boundary by saying, hey, that person who did this to me is sick, is dangerous, and what they did was not okay. So instead of saying that, this person who's experiencing shame and internalizes it instead can't tell the difference. Like there is little differentiation between the person that hurt the other and the person being hurt. So this results in the victim taking on the responsibility. Now, people who have been shamed in childhood, when they grow up, when it comes to boundaries, they can either be the person who always says yes, yes to everything, right? So they develop a coping strategy. Oh, yes, yes. And this lack of boundary is a result of not being safe to say no in childhood or to experience some sort of boundary encroachment. So a person who says yes all the time, as you can imagine, always feels drained. They feel drained. They feel overwhelmed. They feel like they are there. They're always a person who fixes everything, right? And they neglect their own needs. So worthiness is associated with giving or lacking boundaries. Like they don't feel that they are worthy. They don't feel that they're worthy enough to pay attention to their own needs and instead they forever help others all around them and then they leave themselves to last. On the other hand, a person who's experienced trauma and shame as in childhood and didn't have ruptures being repaired can have the opposite response, which is always saying no. Now this is known as the island response. So this coping strategy may actually seem like a boundary because you're saying no all the time. But it really is a defensive response, right? Because their caregivers, their parents when young, were not available. So the kid has tried to go, okay, nobody is around. Nobody can help me. I have to fend for myself. So they always say no to others because they don't know anything else. Now, we form boundaries, not by being an island, but by creating an inner landscape of safety. For all of you who feel sense of guilt and shame and who feel that the sentence deep inside you, the belief states, there is something wrong with me that caused something bad in my childhood to happen. Like if you believe that you were the cause of your parents divorcing when you were really young, for example. Instead, I want you to start moving out of that. 
So in order to change that in our heads, in our bodies, we need to start paying attention. Now, one thing we can do for ourselves is actually think of a moment in time. Think of a memory where you were so happy and calm. Now, for me, (laughs) it's when I greet dogs, when I see a golden retriever while I'm doing a walk in my park, when I see when I'm at the beach, when I'm scuba diving, and I'm surrounded by this amazing world, underwater world, right? I just feel totally calm and happy. And then you go through what we call an acronym SIFT. Think about all the sensations, the images, the feelings and the thoughts associated with this memory. So for me, when I'm either seeing golden retrievers around my park or when I'm scuba diving in an amazing underwater tropical world, I think, wow, I feel like I'm floating, this sensation of floating. And what I'm seeing is incredibly colorful fish and the sunlight filtering through the water. And I feel calm. I feel in awe because I'm seeing such beauty and nature around me. The thoughts that come to mind is how incredibly lucky and privileged I am to have such a glimpse of this view of this underwater world, right? That not many humans get to see. How many humans get to learn how to breathe underwater? Not that many. So, I go through this exercise using this acronym SIFT. So try it yourself next time. When you start learning how to regulate your emotions, how to come to calm and peace and happiness, you will start slowly lifting out of the deep-seated beliefs that you've had and start your healing journey. Well, I hope this has been useful. Until next time, bye.